Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. One of the things, a lot of things I've learned personally in the ministry, um, uh, as we all have if you've, if you've served in church uh, in a full-time basis, um, but one of the things that I've learned, um, you know, serving in church uh, that's really helped me, uh, probably a personal revelation to me, is the, the actual the art of communication. Um, and, you know, communication is important to all of us. We need to be able to communicate uh, in, in a marriage situation or at work with our bosses, and with our pastors in church, uh, with our kids. We need to be able to communicate. Um, and uh, if you're a bloke, uh, there's usually not a lot of communication going on. Uh, we, uh, the wives would say amen uh, in terms of that. Uh, if you're a European bloke, uh, that's a whole new level. Never really communicate at all. But some of us that do communicate, when we do communicate about things in our lives, generally what I've found is that we only generally only communicate 80% of what we really want to talk about. And uh, what I've found in circumstances and in, uh, in relationships and things that we go through in life, that the healing or the breakthrough or uh, the thing that we need to really let go isn't usually in the 80%, it's always in the 20% that we don't say. And uh, what I'd like to do this morning is talk about, not talk about, but pray about that, pray about the service, but also pray that you would release the 20% that you haven't spoken about. See, in situations, we, we, whether it's in a marriage situation or you want to, you're talking to your pastor or your leader or your, your, your kids or whatever it may be or there's something that you really want to get off your chest, usually talking about the 80% is okay and it's really not that hard and we walk away feeling okay and feeling a little bit relieved and released but it doesn't resolve the issue. The breakthrough is in the 20% that we don't say. And uh, I'm not suggesting that you need to run our church today and say, Pastor Joe said, we need to give you the 20%. So here it is, bang. Um, but hear my heart, you know what I'm saying? What I'm saying is we need to talk what we need to talk about. Yeah. And it needs to come out. And, uh, and I really think that it'll help some of us, uh, you know, just break f- free and uh, allow ourselves to go to a new level and keep moving forward in life. Um, but I, what I was saying, life can be, of course, quite challenging um, for all of us. And really, it's um, quite crucial um, that we get the revelation of God's love, not just the doctrine of knowing that God loves us, of course, a lot of us know that, we've read our Bibles, understand that, but I'm talking about now um, really knowing that um, after all is said and done, regardless of circumstance that you've gone through, you just know that you know that you know that there's a God in heaven that loves you so much. And, uh, and you know, that usually happens when you lay your head on the pillow at night or you wake up first thing in the morning um, to whether you really know that God loves you deep down because of all the things that can come your way. Um, um, but, you know, really, um, our humanity, you know, by default would say otherwise, that, you know, th- does anyone really care? Does God really love me? You know, does, you know, uh, you know where are my friends really? You know, and so you, we start to talk that down um, and just naturally. Um, but, you know, if you can just come, um, and whether you knew this morning or you're not, whether you've been a Christian forever or only just, you still got water dripping off you because you got baptised last week, regardless, you know, the, the fact is, is we've got to come to that know and understand that revelation. And if you get to know the revelation that God loves you, that'll be the very thing that will just drag you through life into a better tomorrow. Um, and understanding that is so, so important, uh, I think. In Romans 
uh, chapter 8, we've got, we'll have the scriptures up there. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39 uh, in the NIV says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither God, angels or demons, neither present nor the future, nor powers, nor height, nor depth. He would really wanted to cover all of this. Uh, and nor, nothing else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, easily said than done, but it is what it is. And the Word says what it says. Um, and in other words, Paul is saying to us today as a church, to all of us as individual people, he's saying regardless of what you're facing uh, at the moment, regardless of the circumstances in your life, regardless of the negativity that's going on, regardless of the confusion or the disappointments or the regrets that have happened in your life or are happening currently at the moment, uh, God's love is the very thing that will grab you by the hair and drag you through life knowing and keeping you safe. And I say hair because when, he, when someone grabs your hair, it hurts and you just keep going in the way that they're dragging you. And if you allow that to happen, uh, spiritually speaking, um, you know, it'll keep you safe and it'll keep you manoeuvring and knowing that there's a God in heaven that loves you regardless. And, um, and He will then reestablish Jesus at the centre again in your life and, and life will become so much more clearer to you now because Jesus is at the centre. And for some of us that have served God and been in church for such a long time, familiarity is a, diff, is a challenging thing. Because we've been in church and we just do what we do. We rock up and, you know, and, and we do church and, we, yeah, and we've got a, an understanding to how this all works. But we can become quite familiar at that. And in that whole, uh, in that whole arena, it, we can be, it can become a quite a, a little bit mysterious, epoptic to where Jesus really fits into this. But what I'm saying is if we can just understand there's a God in heaven that loves us. God every day is a new, it, God wants to bless us every day. It's a new, it's a fresh morning in God's presence every day. And when we understand that, He reestablishes our vision and we put Jesus at the centre again and just things begin to work for us in our lives. And uh, I really want to encourage us to, um, to understand that, you know, that God so loves every part of us uh, as individuals. He died on a cross and rose again for you and I as individual people. And, uh, he, and, and all He cares is that He cares for us, for us to find our place uh, in society, a place in our family, and definitely a place uh, in His kingdom and in His glory. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 18, Paul reminds us that we have been given the uh, ministry of reconciliation. In other words, once we come to understand, the pendulum swings both ways. In other words, once we've come under, to understand that God, there's a God in heaven that loves us so much and we've come to have that revelation for ourselves, once we have that, it doesn't stop there. Now we've been given the gift uh, of um, reconciliation where we can now go and do that for someone else, amen. And so the pendulum keeps swinging back and forth. It's not only for us, gimme, gimme, gimme. I'm not gonna say my name is Steve, Jimmy. But it's not only for us, but now we need to be able to do that for somebody else. And I can't tell you a better way to get mature in God than to serve somebody else. And to do that very thing that God is doing for you for somebody else, introducing someone to the presence of God. I can't tell you how much that grows you. You know what cracks me up? When I'm hearing people in church saying, you know what, if only things were deeper. I don't understand that. Let me just say, when you've been in church for as long as I have, I don't get that. You want deep, go and serve someone. You want deep, get the love of God and give it to somebody else. 
And I want to tell you, it'll grow you, it'll build you. Now, please, I'm not trying to be insensitive. I know we need the deep Word of God, I understand that. But the deep Word of God comes to us as individuals because what's deep for Paul may be not deep for me or what's deep for me may not be deep for Chris. And it continues because we're individuals and God comes to us as individuals. But if you want deep, serve. Get the love of God and then give it to somebody else. And I'm telling you, you will grow and build and mature like no business and it's fantastic. The Word of God is moving and always growing us. And... Um, Paul is reminding us now that, we, you know, that we've got to keep Jesus at the centre. Uh, his life purpose obviously was to win the Gentiles, the Apostle Paul I'm talking about, not Paul in the front row here. Although Paul loves the Europeans and I'm sure he's going to continue to win those. But during that time, I'm sure that Paul in his ministry life had lots of stuff that came against him. Uh, and there would have been many, many challenges in his life. I can't even imagine uh, what he went through in the days that he went through and things that he went through in, 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 through, the, through the scriptures, but certainly went through lots of stuff. And he went through some of the stuff that could have taken, taken him out of ministry and taken him out of his walk for God. Thank God that didn't happen. He continued to keep going. Um, and, and why? Because obviously he received this love revelation to him. He understood that regardless of who was against him or who was for him, he knew who he, who he was. He, had, he was in the sweet spot in his life and he continued to minister to what God had called him to do. And uh, that's a good place to be. Sometimes it takes us years to get there. But, you know, I was just talking to a couple of young guys yesterday and saying, you know, we've got to find our sweet spot, wherever that may be. It's not always on the stage or down there or up there or serve doing this, but we've got to find our sweet spot. Wherever that is, find it. Uh, I can tell you now, I'm 51 years of age. I know I don't look it, but I am. Um, and it's taken me years and years and years to find my sweet spot. That doesn't happen because one day you lifted up your hand and said yes to Jesus. That happens because you search for it, you press in and you want to know where you belong. And, and, and once you get to know your sweet spot, it's like Paul Deong talks about the racing car driver um, uh, that, uh, um, that, you know, that, that sits in a particular seat. Every uh, seat is manufactured and, and made for that particular racing car driver and, uh, and for his posture, for his back, for his bottom. Uh, and uh, if you've got a big one like me, it gets made a little bit bigger. If you've got a small one, it gets made a little bit smaller. But the point is, the seat gets made for you. And when the, the, the driver sits in that seat, he's comfortable and it's his place. And there's, even though there's a little bit of restriction, still it's his place and he's in a sweet place. And we've got to be able to find that for us in our own lives. Amen. And when we have the very love of God and understand the love of God, we start to find that and things become so much more clearer. We start looking over, the, stop looking over the fence and what they're doing and what he's doing and what, what I could be doing. Uh, but we start to really identify what God has called us to do. Amen. Fantastic. It's a good thing. Paul mentions four things in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. Um, he says, first of all, that he was hard pressed on every side. So in circumstances, he was hard pressed on every side. We, we have become hard pressed on every side in particular things in our lives, I'm sure. There are times, maybe even right now, in things that you're going through at the minute, between, feel like you're between a rock and a hard place. You can't move forward, you can't move backwards, you're just not sure. You're getting a little bit of anxiety, a little bit anxious to what you should be doing and, and uh, you, know, you don't know whether to pray or not pray or what to do because you're just in that place. It, it can become very, very awkward. But Paul knew that God loved him and because when Paul was in those scenarios, when Paul was hard pressed, he wasn't crushed, the Bible says, because he knew who he was in God. He understood the very love of God. And uh, for you and I, at times, we, we don't know what's happening. We know that there's a sovereign God in heaven that does. 
Uh, we don't have clarity to situations in our life. We may not know what God is doing currently, but we do trust in God, amen, as Paul did. And we're not crushed through it, but we continue to just close our eyes and just believe that there's a God in heaven that's got our back, amen and regardless of the circumstance that we're in. Um, so Paul went through that. I'm sure there'll be many, many times if we're not going through it now, it could be this week, maybe it happened last week, that we'll be pressed on every side. The other, second thing is he was perplexed, stretched, um, made to be fearful and anxious at times, I'm sure, um, stretched beyond his imagination, stretched beyond his faith level as we at times get stretched beyond our faith level. God, can we handle this? It's just so much to take. I mean, come on. I mean, one or two negative things going on through the week, but three or four or five, it just keeps rolling on. Um, you just, it's just too much. I just can't take any more. Um, but regardless, Paul says that through that, he wasn't despairing. He trusted God. He trusted the God in heaven. He trusted the love of God for his own life. And uh, he, even though it looked like a hopeless situation, he knew, Paul knew that there was hope in that in every situation. And I wanna really encourage you this morning that regardless of what you're dealing with, what you're going through, there's hope in your situation too. Learn to understand that there's a God in heaven that so loves you and is so on your case and understands, even though when you don't understand, He so understands, amen. And uh, again, you know, I'm not bragging that I've been a Christian for 30 years, but all I'm saying is uh, it never ceases to amaze at what God does and what continues and how He continues to teach you every step of the way, amen. And it's a great, great thing. Third thing is... Uh, he was persecuted um, and of course uh, he would have been misjudged and the persecution that he had to go through I'm sure would have been uh, very, very difficult. But at times we feel that, you know, so we're not unlike him. We feel persecuted at times in things and uh, at times, you know, people that we thought were our friends that should have understood and they're the very people that have misjudged us and misrepresented us because, uh, and, and that's hard to deal with. I don't know about you, I've been in those situations and circumstances. Maybe you're in that situation right now and you feel like you've been misjudged and, and it's just not right and, and it's unfair and you shouldn't be going through what you're going through at the moment. We call it the test of unfairness that sometimes God takes us through those things, strengthens us a little bit, gets us focused and grows us and builds us to a better tomorrow, amen. Um, but again, it's a test of unfairness, things happen and I'm sure Paul felt that and felt persecuted. I'm saying all this to say that, you know, the Apostle Paul, Moses, Joshua, regardless, Christ, regardless of who, who it is, people, we, they all went through things and so we, we, we will go through those particular things as well. We'll have to deal with things as well, but that's okay. Why? Because there's a God in heaven that loves us so much, Amen. And we feel that. So why don't we right now turn to the person next to you because I'm going to have a drink of water and say that God loves you so, so much. Awesome. We're going to keep reminding ourselves of that. And of course, you know, we just because we turn up to church doesn't mean it just, you know, from heaven, this love just falls on us. Um, we're going to press in. We're going to pray. We're going to, and that's what tonight's going to be about. We're going to press in and, and ask God, and uh, like I said, we don't just grow and build and become mature because we decided to receive Jesus in our lives one day. We grow and build because we're strategic of wanting to grow and build. We do that and we, we you know, and so jumping in your car, coming back tonight, getting prayed for, doing what we've got to do. We've got to do what we've got to do, do everything we can to press in. And, uh, and so that's so, so important. And the fourth uh, thought um, is he was struck down um, and which would mean that he, he was shipwrecked and he was attacked um, and he was physically stopped from moving forward in his life. 
Um, and like I was saying, even in the first service, it's, it's one thing to know that someone, you think that someone's against you, but when you see that someone's against you and you physically feel that, that's a whole new level, baby. That's like, that's, that's like man, this is confronting. This is like, man, this is full on. And you just got, again, you've just got to know that, you know, that God's in control. God loves you so much. You've got to keep talking yourself into that. And, you know, I'm not saying we've, you know, it's this self-help thing. It's not. There's a God in heaven that sits on the throne that pours his love into your spirit. It is not manufactured in our heart or in our lives or we, just, we don't manufacture this thing. He, God is real and he sits on his throne and Christ is on, on the right hand and he's, you know, he's, and he's looking into our life and he's loving on us. And we just got to get, sometimes, I don't know about you, I, I don't read lots but I love pictures and uh, you just got to get those pictures in your mind of how God, uh, it's so, so easier, it's so, so important to be able to have that in your life. See, Paul, again, was a man that understood God's love. He never settled for mediocrity. He always lifted his head high. He understood that he needed to keep moving forward in life. And, you know, um, we all know we all come out head first and we just got to keep moving forward. Amen. And uh, at, the end, at the end of the day, God, uh, Paul knew that. He knew uh, where he needed to be going. He, know, he knew that he needed to keep moving forward and keep looking above the circumstances. And I want to just encourage some of us here this morning, uh, stop looking in the circumstance, start looking above the circumstance, look toward heaven because you're not going to grow. You're not going to build. You're not going to get over that thing unless you start looking up. Amen. You've got to start looking above and looking higher and, and much higher. And, uh, and um, this is not stuff I got off the internet. This is stuff that I've had to continue to, you know, um, deal with in my life every step of the way and just hang on and hang on to the, you know, the coat of Jesus' tail, you know, tails as the, and just hang on and keep moving forward and keep building. Um, but we're growing and we're building every day. So I want to really encourage you to keep moving forward in that. But um, I don't know whether I'll get through all of these, but there are some things uh, to all of us that are so important and should be important uh, in fact, there's some things in our lives that, you know, that should be absolutes. To different families, there's different absolutes. And uh, to my family, there's things that we do, that we do and we do well and we want to keep doing them because it's what's kept us as a family safe in God. And there'll be things in your life uh, that you will find and you will declare and you will write down and you will have in your mind that will keep you safe as a family, as a person, as you continue to walk the journey of faith and as you continue to walk in God. Uh, and there are different things of different people. I'm just going to give you a few of mine that have kept me, my family and I safe in the walk of God uh, and keep serving and keep loving on God and keep doing the things that God has called us to do. Um, I want to just say as well, um, that um, as you know, uh, my wife Trish and I uh, have, are moving into a different season. We're still ministering amongst, uh, in different churches amongst friends and we're doing a lot among, in, in Life Church in New Zealand and back through Melbourne and, and other things that we're doing. I'm also running a developing company as well, develop, uh, building development. And so I'm, I'm busy and my wife's doing styling and she's running around giving clothes away and prophesying and do, doing everything that she does. She just loves it and she's in her sweet spot and we're having fun. We're in a good time at the moment. But let me just say, if I had a dollar for every person that said uh, at the transitions, uh, church transitions never work, uh, if I had a dollar for everyone that said that, uh, I'd be a rich man. Um, and I, I want to just say, people that were saying that, um, uh, were some strong leaders and leaders of larger churches, friends of ours, that weren't saying it to be mean or wrong or being uh, uh, you know, manipulative or hurt us, but they were saying, 
from their point of view, the wisdom that they had to keep us safe. And, uh, and you know, so there was many times over this transitional time when we handed our church over uh, after 14 years that we'd planted to Pastor Paul and Marie, uh, our now pastors, uh, that things could have gone wrong along the way because, hey, doesn't every transition go wrong? Doesn't everything not work out? But I, I want to tell you, that we were committed for that not to happen. We were committed that we were going to make this about kingdom and not about just manoeuvring two churches together. And uh, I want to tell you, I want to declare that today the love of God has been great to us and we did speak about the 20% all the time. And today, they're still our pastors. We went away on holidays two weeks ago with them. They're our great friends and we're ministering and we're still in church doing what we do. Uh, I'm sitting now on the front row of our own church that I'm not pastoring but I'm part of the team. And I'm cool with that because there is a God in heaven and things can work. And all things will work together for good for those who call him. So, so yeah, come on, let's give God the glory. Um, but I, I've said that to say that there are things in you, and, and that has happened not because of who we are, that has happened because there are some principles that we've applied and we've stuck to. And I'm saying for you, there'll be principles that you need to apply in your life. I'm going to give you some of mine, just really quickly. I don't know how long we've got, but okay, I've already spoken about this. First one is remember that God loves you. Uh, not rocket science, but what I want to mention is that uh, you know that in theory, yes, but we need to know that in our heart and believe it. Yeah. Understand that. God loves you. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 says, Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart because we know that God's in control. So we continue to move forward. So whatever it takes, whatever it takes, everyone say, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, convince yourself. Convince yourself that there's a God in heaven that loves you. Convince yourself of that and understand that regardless of circumstance. You know, some of us still have immobilising religious thoughts. Um, like, I came from a, 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 a religious background, like, if you're not serving hard enough, you're not reading hard enough, you're not doing that and doing that and doing this and doing that, then God doesn't really love you as much as you mate. I want to tell you, that's so far from the truth. It's not what you do to get, uh, attract God's love. It's who you are and who you've become and the very love of Jesus that's in your heart that, give, that would qualify you and uh, God's love for you, amen. Not what you do. It's not the God that we serve. And uh, we need to understand that. Liam Nielsen, as I was just spoke about this morning, has the movie Taken. And uh, obviously they took his daughter in the movie, gets on the phone, he goes, I don't know who you are, but I will find you and I will kill you. That's not the God we serve, amen. It's not who we serve, no, no God. The God that we serve is a good God, hallelujah is a God that loves us so, so much. And even though that we're not making the mark and we're not reaching those expectations, still we know and we feel the very love of God. Hallelujah. So that's one of the things that's kept us safe. The second thing is learn to maintain a clear conscience. Have a clear conscience. My wife Trish says uh, to all of us, that family, all of our friends, she says, keep your heart sweet. No matter what you do, wake up every morning, get angry, whatever you gotta do, Get over it. Keep your heart sweet. Keep your heart sweet. Keep your heart sweet. Because at the end of the day, it's a clear conscience. If you've got your conscience clear, it's so, so important. Uh, and uh, it's in your life's journey at the moment. There's no, if, and, and if you're, you know, you're in a position in your life where you just can't seem to get that clarity that you're looking for, you just got to trust on God. 
You've got to keep your heart sweet and just know at the right time, at the right place, God will come through. And uh, he's there for you, mate. He just loves you so much. And so that's so, so important. And, um, you know, in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4 and verse 2, it says, it's up there, rather we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. We commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of our God. In other words, you know, be transparent. Learn to be transparent. Don't, like I was saying before, don't be mysterious where people are trying to guess what is going on with you. Like, what is that? Come on, be transparent, be open. Sure, guard your heart. It's important. The issues of your life will flow out of that and be wise about that. But be transparent, be open and be real about things. It's so important for you to be able to do that and keep a clear conscience. It's so important and I think it's fantastic. You know, I, um, we've done a lot of couples ministry. We've been married 28 years now and we've done a lot of, uh, raised our kids, they're all adults, all in church, loving God. And it's been, it's been a wonderful grace to my wife and I because at times you don't even realise how that all comes together. But you just keep trusting God in every circumstance. And uh, but you know there are people uh, just recently a couple, I had one guy go look there's this couple that are really struggling in church they really need you and Trish to help them and you know if you can support them they're really doing it really tough in their marriage and you know and I said oh that's cool well let's set it up they go oh no no can you sort of somehow get to them because I don't want them to know that I've told you that now you can't fly under the radar with that sort of stuff You've got to get to a point in your life where you've got to be transparent about stuff. And marriages don't just work because they work. Marriages work because you're open, you're transparent, you want God's love, you want some people that'll help you along the journey. You want, you know, we, my wife and I wouldn't be where we are today if we didn't have people walking us through every step of the way. I mean, you know, so we just, we've got to get over this, you know, shh, shh, shh thing. I think it's the year 2014. We can actually be real about stuff, be open about stuff. And know this, you know, there is a lot of answers this side of heaven. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to get the answer. Now, you may need to get, wait to heaven to get the answer about specific people that have gone before us in terms of the prophets and why they did what they did, right? But when it comes to your life, answers in your life, you don't have to wait until you get to heaven. You know, God wants to give you the answer for that. You don't have to hide and go and seek it and go in the cave. You can come out and you can be transparent at that day. And I, I want to give you, um, if I can, just a... Uh, a small rebuke, is that all right? Don't, come on, you, you, God wants to better you, better your marriage, better your life, better your circumstance, pull you out of where you are and grow you into a better tomorrow. Come on, but please go and tell someone and someone that you know that will be sensitive about it and care enough and, and keep their mouth and, 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 and but help and, and got a genuine love to want to help you, amen. In Jesus' name, that's all I say, amen. Okay, all right. You know where I'm going with that. Number three, have the right motivation. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and 5 says, We do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as our Lord and ourselves as servants for Christ's sake. You see, a healthy thought life will take you further than you can ever go yourself. Have clear motives. Clean up wrong attitudes is so important. You know, um, don't judge people by having wrong motives when you want them to judge you by having the right ones. You know, understand that you know, um, you've got to have the right motives and right motivation in your life. 
It's so, so important. Again, I've been talking about the transition of church because it's been so real and relevant to us. And I, if, again, if I had a dollar for every person that would come in church and say, Pastor Joe and Tricia, we love you so much. We love your leadership. It's been great and was good uh, seeing you do uh, and being under your leadership for so long. You know, the new people that are with us are fantastic, but you, you guys, there's just something different about you guys. You know, and I'm sitting there thinking, I, should, should I be flattered right now? I want to just slap this person because that's not where we're coming from. It's not what we're trying to achieve. What we're trying to achieve is empower the new people that are taking on and get us to all to be, and we're applauding both the new couple that have taken and us in, in the new role that we have. But see, and, and people don't, I know I'm not trying to look at the evil in it. People don't mean, you know, but to do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing. They want to encourage you and flatter you, but sometimes flattery doesn't, doesn't help. It, all it does is it just makes it worse. And, uh, and so, and by the way, I did share, not exactly like that, but very similar to that person and said, look, really, you know, this is what I think uh, and this is where we should be going. We need to get around this, this new couple uh, that, are, that are running church because at the end of the day, we just got to keep our motive right, amen. And could you imagine, just think about circumstances in your, in your, around your life and people around you, if they just kept their motives right, you kept your motives right, it just would have been a lot easier. Uh, it'll, it'll come around and everything sorts itself out. One thing I've learned in life, not, not everything is as bad as it seems. Not everything is as good as it seems. It's just somewhere in the middle. So it'll work back around, but, but it just makes it so much easier. Amen. Fantastic. How much time have I got? Is there a clock? Right. Okay. Fourth thing is know your limits. That's something that's kept us very, very safe, not in the very beginning. Uh, of our ministry life because we, who knows that I'm Superman, yeah. do all things. And, uh, and so, but eventually you come and understand that we, we've got to have, we've, we've got limits, we know, we've got to know what those limits are. Um, here, here's, here's a revelation, ready for some of us? No, everyone say no. No, no is a perfectly acceptable answer. <laughs> that works sometimes um, and uh, we can do that. Someone asked me just recently, how come you've got a good marriage? And I just, because I say yes all the time to my wife and keep doing that. No, that's not true. But if it's a no, it's a no. But if it's a yes, then be all in. Be all in and go full on and do whatever you need to do. But we just at times we just say yes to that and yes to this and yes to that because we want to be in the end and we want to we, we we come out of a wrong perspective and um, to be accepted in specific things and it all goes wrong eventually anyway. Think it through and if you can't do what you can't do, then say no. But if you can do it and you can push yourself to do that, then go and be boots all, boots and all and go in and and be committed to that thing. It's so so important. I'm Italian. I, I love either hot or cold coffee. I can't stand anything in the middle. Lukewarm things I can't stand. And so it's either a no or it's a yes, either way. But be clear and know your limits and know that you can't do everything. You can't be good at all things, but you'll be good at something. And that's the other thing, you know, knowing that we can find our sweet spot in life is so important, whatever that may be. Um, and, uh, and sometimes, you know, there's nothing like getting to the end of it. Like, I'm, again, 51, if I look back, I think, man, I could have been there a lot easier. I could have had a lot more peace a long time ago had I just found my sweet spot back then. But we never really talked about that. 
We never talked about finding your thing, finding your shape, you know, being in the right place uh, in your life. Um, we're all gifted to do something and, and be 100% at it and good at it 100% because we've just got to find the right thing. We never talked about that in the years ago in the church. All we talked about is go, 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 no matter what. And if you don't like it, doesn't matter because you're not supposed to like it because you've got to suffer. And if you're not suffering, it's not God. And you just got to keep moving, keep being disciplined. You go, and you know what? You're going to go to China. That's right, China. And you won't like it, but when you're there, you're going to learn to love it. Yeah, amen. I don't know. Let me just put a little, little disclaimer in there. Maybe I'm wrong. But let me just say, I think that you should love doing what you do. And, uh, and you can find that place and you can find what you're good at and you can love it. And you know what? Uh, there'll be times that you, uh, you don't want to do it because you don't feel like you want to do it. But it's not that you don't love it. Yeah. Hey, I love my wife a lot. <laughs> a real lot, just in case it's getting taped. <laughs> but sometimes in my feelings, do you know what I'm saying? So in ministry life, we, we, we love it. We'll learn to love it. It's, it's something that we're, we're good and it's great and we're in it and we're loving it and it's fantastic. And there'll be times that we have feelings, oh man, I don't know, you know, but we love it. But being in a place that you don't want to be in just because you've just got to be positioned in that place because that's right for you and that'll grow you and that'll build you, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know. I've changed, I know. I'm changing as time goes on, but we just got to be safe, amen. And no, and I, I know I just got we just we just got a good God. Who's got a good God today? We've got a good God. He's not he's not that sort of God, amen. Uh, fifth thing, I've got two more, and I'm done. Learning to love people is so important. Of course, that's what we've been called to do. What it's all about. That'll continue to grow us, as I've said. If you want to mature, go to a new level. Just pick up, grab. I was going to say pick someone up. No, don't pick someone up. Just, just choose someone that you can love on and, and, and just be sincere with and, and help grow and help disciple, whatever that's going to take. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 15 says, uh, all this for your benefit so that the grace of God that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to flow, uh, the flow of God's glory. See, loving people doesn't happen because you became a Christian one day. Loving people happens because you decide to love on people. It's a decision that you make. And I look back at my ministry life and you know, we weren't always senior pastoring a church, but there, for year after year and week after week, we had a connect group or a, uh, whatever you call them here, a life group. And, um, and, and every Wednesday we would have that and have our house open to people and we'd be loving on people and we'd be, be doing what we did because we knew that was part of the DNA of Christianity. We've got to love on people. And again, there were times that they would turn up to our front door at 7.30 because I'd start at 7.30 and I'd think, man, I wish they, didn't, they weren't here tonight. I don't feel like they, they want to do. But you know, you kept pressing in because you knew it was the right thing to do. And, and you loved it, but you just, like I said, you don't feel like doing some things, but, but you just keep doing it because you know that's what God has called us to, to love on people. And that's so important. And I, want, I, don't, I can't emphasise anymore, if you want to grow in your life, grow as a Christian, you know, get involved in something. Open up a connect group, open up a life group, you know, be part of the ministry, help where you can. Uh, I know work permitting and stuff like that, but just do what you can because that'll really build and grow you and really just protect you and keep you safe in the very purposes of God. Can I hear an amen? Amen, amen. awesome, fantastic. I'm nearly done and I'll get off. Alrighty. And the last one. Can we get keys? 
I always find with the keys, it sort of, you know, it starts to really, it just sounds better, your last point. Just, you know, it brings the ambience, you know, that, you know, that thing. Keep your eyes on the ball. You gotta keep your eyes on the ball. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 17 and 18 says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs that all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, for what's seen is temporal, but what isn't is eternal, hallelujah. Other words, let me translate, challenges, pressures, crossroads, potholes in our lives, a part of our life and things will happen, stuff happens, it happens all the time. But the, um, what we need to be doing is, of course, is focusing on Jesus and knowing that Jesus is there. Jesus loves us so much regardless of circumstance that comes our way. And uh, we keep focusing and keeping Him, him at the centre of what we do. And uh, it's so, so important. I want to just say, um, just as we close, why don't we all stand? Why don't we all stand just as we close and begin to come to an end? Um, one of the thoughts that um, God has given to me lately, I quickly mentioned it in our last service as well, is that you know there are doors that are open and doors that close, and to a lot of us, um, you know, um, at times we pray because we want God's best for whatever the situation is uh, in our lives, regardless of what it is that we're going through, whatever decision we need to be making in our lives, uh, we pray that God is on it. And sometimes in areas of our life, God seems that He closes doors. He opens them too. But like I was saying before, the pendulum always swings from left to right and always finds its way in the middle somewhere. And we want God to open the door, God open the door, but we forget that when the door opens, it's got to close too. And it's not always the devil that closes the door. Sometimes God closes the door. Let me tell you why. He closes the door because He doesn't want you to see what's on the other side. He protects us. He loves us. He cares about us. Doesn't want us hurt. Wants us to keep building. But this is what we do. We think, nah, it's got to open. So we go to the door, we start wedging it open. It's not true. I got that prophecy back, 1998. Has to happen. One of the scariest things for me that I've seen over the years in church is aloof prophecies. Prophecies that just... And then we set people up to get hurt. And there are unmet expectations all over the body of Christ because a preacher had a moment. I wanted to give some prophecies out. I'm sorry, I'm not being negative. I'm just stating what happens at times. We miss God on some things and we just say some stuff because we want to encourage the moment. Again, it's not, no one's evil in it. No one wants to be hurtful. We, we want to do the right thing and really encourage people. To me, prophecy and encouragement are two different things. You're going to encourage and encourage. You're going to prophesy, then you better be on it because it sets people up for a win or for a loss. And I think that today we're seeing a lot of people hurting because of stuff that was said back years ago that doesn't seem to be happening now. So we're so 
uh, trying to wedge that door open because that's what we, that was the word that was spoken. But here's the thing. While we're trying to wedge the door open that God has closed, there's a new door opening on the left or on the right and we're missing it because we're so focused on the door that we thought, that we've made up in our mind that's supposed to open. But there's doors on the left and the right that are opening and we're missing it. This morning, I just want to pray for us. I want to pray that, we, number one, we find our sweet spot in our lives. And most importantly, that we know and we come to the revelation there's a God in heaven that so loves us for who we are and what God is calling us to do. And maybe you're in a place at the moment that you just haven't found that right place. That's cool. God's sovereign, God's moving. But keep pressing in. I want to encourage you to keep moving forward, keep believing. And uh, if you've got some good pastoral friends and some good leaders around you that you trust, sit with them, talk it out. Dialogue is so, so important. Give the 20% because that really helps. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 